To quantum inspirations. I'm doing something else that scares the shit out of me because that's what life is all about. Doing things that excite you, exhilarate you, and allow you to step out of your comfort zone. I have my first ever guest on quantum inspirations. Britton Hart is her name. She is absolutely amazing. You may know her for bare knuckle boxing, but we are going to dive into Britton Hart today as the mom, as the inspiration, and as a major, major inspiration in mindset. So we're going to bring her on. Ah, here hey. she is, Britton. Welcome, welcome. Hey, Monica. Thank you so, so much for taking the time and sharing this space. I am honored to have you as my first guest. That is exciting. I'm super honored and, and so excited and pumped to do this and, and to be the first. So we're definitely going to um, set it off with a bang. It's going to be hard to talk for sure. Because I know absolutely can talk Why not with a powerful <laughs> goddess, right? That's right. Okay, so... Tell us about yourself. I want to know a little bit about where you came from. Like, I, I know a little bit about your story. Um, and you didn't come, you didn't have the easy path to walk. And it really helped you to develop your mindset. So tell us a little bit about where Britain Hart came from. Yeah, so, um, you know, I, I think everyone kind of knows me as a bare knuckle box. But I started off, um, I actually was born in Utah. And um, my family was in the military. So we moved over to Turkey and then Germany. And then I came back oh, to wow. the States um, when I was 10. And then from there, obviously, since the majority of my youth was overseas and in a different country, it was definitely different coming to the United States. So I definitely was bullied and picked on um, until I went to middle school and I was able to kind of like you know, be with a new set of kids that were more, you know, in the same spot I was, we were all starting school together and mesh together. So I kind of just grew that way. Um, you know, I, I've been through everything that you can think of, you know, I graduated high school, and I had my my son, so I'm 31 now, and I have 11 and seven year old. So my I had my children when I was pretty young. And um, I love sports, I always played sports. So sports was something I always identified with, but I knew having a, a child so young, it kind of took me away from playing college sports. So I decided to get my degree in sport management. Um, and, I, and I really wanted to be successful. I knew that I had to be successful for my kids and that I didn't want to live um, like a mediocre life or settle. And I wanted to have the best life possible. So I went to school. Um, I, I definitely had pretty much every trial and tribulation that you can think of. You know, I, I didn't think that I had much help. I was kind of doing it on my own. I had to rent my own house. I went through, um, you know, unfortunately, not one or two, but I went through several really bad relationships. Um, 
one being where uh, my ex-husband was actually um, charged with felony assault and battery and strangulation and, um, you know, ended up being in jail for it. So that was definitely something that put me way behind. Um, It did lead to some other things. So when I graduated from school, I graduated with a 4.0. But as soon as I graduated, um, basically I I got arrested for a DUI. So um, I had to go through the legal trouble. And then on top of that, with the abuse of X and uh, other things and, and trying to hang out and trying to help you know, help um, this community that I was in that was a little bit broken. It just kind of put me around the wrong people at the wrong time. And so all of it crashed down on me. And it was really, it was definitely a really hard time in my life. Um, Again, I kind of felt like I didn't have anybody. So being at the boxing gym, it was like really a figurative and literal way to fight back for my life. You know, I thought that my whole life was ruined. You know, my family was ripped apart. You know, the person I thought that I was in love with, um, wanted to hurt me and cause me physical and mental pain. My family turned my, their backs on me. Um, you know, I really didn't have anything. So, and I, being sports, you know, I couldn't play team sports. I had felt like I ruined that. So boxing seemed like it was more individual. And I was almost like I was looking for like just an escape from reality because everything that would just go through my head um, would just flash through my head. And and boxing was the only way I could actually like shut all that stuff off. So it helped me while I was going through court and going through my divorce and going through some huge changes, it helped me. And when I found these people, I kind of found these people that were almost just like me, you know, either broken or been through abuse or family problems or whatever. Um, we could relate on that level. And that's where I found this, this, not even like a push, you know, you know, when you push someone to do it, like go run that extra lap and they don't really want to, but you're like, go do it anyways. That's a push. This was a, like when I would see them run laps, I would run, run with them because it was a pool. Like I was pulled to do this with them and and to work harder because they were watching me and they saw. So if I worked harder, they would work harder. And it was a pool. No one had to push me to do it. I I loved doing it and being there. And with that, I kind of found like a healing process, you know, and it, it seemed to be like so much bigger than what it was. You know, at first it kind of started off with I really needed money I didn't have a job you know I didn't have a dollar to my name and boxing was a way to to fight and do something that I ultimately loved and and make money doing it um so it kind of started off like that and then when I started meeting the people and being around the people I found myself from having a home life to a gym life so I felt like the gym was my home um I didn't really have a home and a house with a bedroom and a living room and all that It, it was the gym and um you know, that was a hard road too. You know, I had my ups and downs within the gym, but it was still those people that I connected with, um, on so many different levels that we can get into. I mean, I have so many stories that will just bring tears to my eyes that happen in in the boxing gym. And that I felt like were life changing, not only to me, but other people. So it kind of was one of those things I I decided I was like, never going to give up on. And especially when I first started, a lot of people were really mean to me about it. And, um, they just didn't know what I felt inside. Again, it was that pool. Like I just had like this thing telling me this is where you belong. This is literally the reason why you were put on earth. And it was like a lot of the times I always wondered why me with like my ex or like, you know, I wasn't 
really guilty of a lot of the things that I was charged with. Like, why is this happening to me? And, um, you know, the things I did, I was really just trying to help people and they took advantage of me and it put me in a bad spot. But I thought that it was really, I went through all those trials and tribulations. So I would be able to relate and understand all these other people that I would be around and on my journey because I can't, I mean, without going into so much personal details and problems, but I really can't think of one thing that I have not been through. And, um, you know, that's some horrible and some scary stuff, but I, I, I literally have been through every nightmare that you can imagine. And, um, it's just, it's crazy. And then the people that go through the same nightmares, they know it instantly because how we connect on that, that physical and that energy level, like they know that I've been through it too. So they can kind of relate and see off of that. Um, and that bond that, that not a lot of people think that we have. And that's kind of like the biggest thing is knowing that you're not alone. Absolutely. So, so we talk a lot about energy on this, on this show. And, um, I want to talk to you about, you know, they say, I'm sure you've heard the term or the statement, um, you are the company you keep. Absolutely. So tell me a little bit about the energetic shift between where you were and then where you ended up in the gym, because I'm sure that that was such a huge part. Stepping into boxing was such a huge part of like taking your power back right? In whatever way you can, you know, that physical movement, stepping into that, releasing all of those positive chemicals into your brain as you're working out and bonding with the people around you. But tell me, can you tell us just a little bit about what that felt like moving from one energetic body almost to another one? Yeah, absolutely. It was kind of like, you know, at home, it's like all these excuses and, and reasons why you can't do something and kind of like the entitlement and the pity and the wallowing and self-pity. And, you know, it's very much like energy, you absorb it. So when you're around that, you start doing the same things or, you know, you kind of find yourself, feel, you know, kind of feeling that same way. But in the gym, you know, I really connected with the people that were you know, there every day and that they were working hard and they were like, you know, I don't drink, I haven't drank in three years because of this reason. You know, I was a, you know, a heroin addict, but I'm not anymore because of this reason. And, um, you know, hearing their stories and them being in the gym every day and them working and fighting back for their life, that was kind of an addicting thing for me. And plus, you know, I just felt like, I always kind of felt like um, I belonged in the gym. It was more of like, you know, kind of another thing being at home or, you know, I went to the YMCA, a lot of the people there, you know, they come from, you know, a mom and dad and they've always lived and grown in the area. So all they know, they know everything and, you know, they have a lot, they work and go home. So they don't understand what it's like to be broken or to be hurt or to be an abusive relationship or to go through jury trials. Um, they don't know that when, when you can go into the gym, you can, you know, be scared and kind of timid to tell someone that, but then when they, you hear them talk about it, you're like, wow, that happened to me too. And it was kind of more of a sense of belonging. I think the, the, the major shift in what I was going through back in 2016 to what I have been going through along the years of my journey to now where I'm at now. So it, it's definitely, you know, it was before at rock bottom. And then I was working with people that were at rock bottom too, or people that survived rock bottom to now where I'm at the top. And I can feel like I can relate to people at rock bottom and be like, Hey, it's okay that you're there, but let's get back up, you know? 
Yeah, that's amazing. So is this where your mindset shift really occurred? Because I'm so, the things that you say are so powerful to me um, as far as like that belief in yourself and that feeling inside of yourself that you have to foster, that feeling that you are going to do this, that you are going to win, that there is no other option. Is this where you got it from boxing or has you have you always been like that? Well, I always, I have always been like that. So I, I really truly think that that was something I was born with. You know, um, I was like that when I was younger and I played soccer, I was really good at soccer and I played with all boys. And then when I came to the U.S., you know, it was hard fitting in with the girls because I was kind of tomboyish. So um, I finally fit, but I said I was. So I, I eventually, you know, morphed into that and, you know, everybody, I was friends with everybody. So I made sure I did that. But, you know, like with school, with, you know, me having young kids, I had never dealt with kids before. When I remember when I was pregnant, everyone was like, wow, this is, you know, this isn't good basically. And I read like eight books on how to be a mom and people would give me their advice. Um, you know, like giving them cereal to make them sleep through the night. And I would be like, no way. The book said <laughs> the book said I did my research. And if the book didn't say it, I'm telling you, I did not do it. I did not. So I was very um, passionate about following the book, but with my second kid, I was like, Oh no, I'm a pro. And <laughs> she turned out a lot more crazier, but but, um, you know, and, and then with school, you know, with school, I graduated, I have my master's degree and I graduated with a 4.0. Um, and then I have three other degrees too. And, and you know, there are 3.9, 3.8 GPAs. So I always had that in me. If I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it, do all it the, way. the best of my ability. Um, and that's, so, you know, it started before boxing, but Boxing was kind of like, you know, like I said, I got that DUI right when I got my master's degree and I went through like five job interviews and nobody would hire me. And it was like, man, I, I really felt like I ruined my whole life. Like I was never going to get a job and that I was never going to be successful. So I just did, you know, the next best thing that I thought would help me. And that was boxing. So it, it throughout my life, I've had the same energy and I've had the same tenacious attitude, but it's just went from education and schooling, you know, to boxing and fighting and, and to bare knuckle. You know, when I was a kid, you know, when I was a kid, it was just to be the best at on the soccer and ba I played basketball too. So I was always wanting to be the best. And if I wasn't the best at it, I didn't do it. So like I played softball and they put me in left field and I said never again. So <laughs> it was kind of one of those things, you know, I, I always had that, you know, strive to be the best version of myself um, and to help other people. So let's talk about motherhood. Tell me about your kids again. How old are they? You've got a boy and a girl, right? Yep. So I have a boy. His name is Peyton. He's 11. And then I have a daughter named Paris and she's seven. That's awesome. So how has this shifted, um, this mindset channeling into boxing and everything you've been doing there? How has this changed you as a mother? Yeah, uh, it's changed. It changed big time. Um, when I first started again, it was kind of uh, it was it was really a bad situation again with when I was dealing with um, my my divorce, my ex-husband, and it was a lot of problems. So I actually ended up, um, you know, losing custody of my son. So he went with his dad. So that was really, really hard for me. And it, it still is hard for me. And, you know, again, you'll see me post about it. It's something that's very painful and I live with every day. Um, 
but with my daughter, you know, that never happened. So me and my daughter have always been, you know, super close, but obviously one, when it happened, you know, they have different dads. So when it happens to one, you know, it, it's just a hard pill to adjust. So I kind of think that I went down a really bad path in a, in a bad spiral. And I kind of thought, you know, there was a lot of things that drove me to, to not want to be here anymore. Um, ultimately, like I didn't want to go through, um, the ridicule people were putting me through. I mean, I, I could go on, it would be a really long time and probably made me get emotional, but people were really, um, unfair to me and really made me feel like there was nothing left for me. So I kind of felt like, I didn't want to be here anymore. And I, I struggled through that every day. And I just remember thinking how selfish that would be because I can't be with my kids right now. Doesn't mean when they're 18 and graduate that they deserve to, to graduate high school and their mom not be there. And when they have their first child, you know, to not have their mom be, yeah. be there for their kids. And I, I thought about that. And when I thought about that, I said, you know, it doesn't matter how terrible my life is and how horrible my life is right now, because maybe later it will be better and they'll understand. So I look to boxing as like the only way that made me feel like I wanted to be here. Um, and, and and that's what that, that being able to help other children, like, you know, it was, you know, just imagine on my point of view, how horrible it is to say that you aren't a good mother to your, your, your son. You know, I've never been a bad mom to my daughter, but I've been a bad mom to my son. So you're a bad mother to your, to your son, but here it is. You work with kids and kids love being around you. And, you know, I'm such a good person. I have so much good energy. And, and here is my son's father and family are saying that I'm a bad influence and I can't be around him because boxing promotes domestic violence. And I was in a domestic violence situation, et cetera. And it's just, it's so horrible hearing that and then having to go work with other kids and see them be so appreciative and, and love. And I kind of look to that as that healing, like, you know, maybe my kids don't need me because they're great because they're well taken care of. And, you know, they have dads that at least, you know, buy them toys and stuff. And look at these kids that are on the streets that, you know, their moms and dads might be, you know, struggling through the same things like alcohol and drug problems or, you know, domestic violence, abuse and, and, and whatever their situation is. But here it is. These kids are in the gym and they want someone to give them intention and pour love into them. And that's that was what I felt that I really wanted to do. And even when I couldn't do it to my own children, I had a place where I could do it to other children. And that helped me through yeah. a really hard process back, you know, a couple of years ago. Um, it's obviously not that bad right now, but it was, you know, years ago. And so, you know, even with my kids now, you know, I, I feel like they realize that because if I wasn't boxing, you know, I was really, you know, I'd probably be sitting on the couch and, you know, eating chips and saying that I didn't feel good and I didn't want to do anything, you know, I was just really down. And But when I'm at the gym and I'm boxing, I come home and I'm like, yo, who wants to go outside? Who wants to go to the playground? Who, you know, yeah. let's go to dinner. It, I found a shift in the, again, like you were saying, energy and it's a real yeah. thing. So now it's a beautiful thing because a lot of people wouldn't get it, but if you knew and got the chance to to talk to me and find it and, or even my kids, you would find out, you know, they are such beautiful people and they have the same light that I have inside. But, you know, the best story is with my daughter, she came to the boxing gym with me and, um, 
I asked her if she wanted to spar this little girl I had been working with. And Paris was like, yeah, I'll spar. And I'm like, oh my gosh, as a mother, this is the best feeling ever. My daughter is getting in there with headgear. She's doing what I do. I'm so excited. Then this other little girl looks at me and she goes, Coach Britton, will you, will you be my coach and corner me? And I'm just like, oh. Oh, wow. Yeah, I go from super happy to like, gosh, you know, like, dang, what do I do? You know, I coach this little girl every Tuesday and Thursday. She doesn't have anybody. And then here's Paris is my daughter. And, you know, she doesn't come all the time because, you know, she doesn't, it, boxing really isn't her thing. She's good at it and she likes it, but it's not really her thing. Mm-hmm. And, um, she, you know, she, she stays with her, she'd rather stay with her dad. Um, so I looked at her and I said, Paris, I said, we please let mommy coach this other little girl. I'm so proud of you for, for stepping in the ring, but this little girl comes every day and you only come once in a while and it wouldn't be fair. It might look like you're being my favorite and that wouldn't be fair. And I was expecting Paris to be like, uh, you know, like kind of give me some kickback, but she was like, no, mommy, that's fine. That I'm, I'm that's totally amazing. That. And I, my eyes just watched. I was more, I got goosebumps. <laughs> Yeah, I'm telling you, I was more proud of her for that than her getting in the ring, like that she understood that. And um, it was so amazing. And I mean, I'm telling you that I'll never forget that day in my life. And to me, it let me know and it gave me the answer, you know, up here and here that I'm doing the right thing and that my my children understand why, you know, I'm away doing this. And, you know, I've done it before, you know, especially like you know, I'm more, you know, obviously I'm closer with my daughter. So, you know, me and my, you know, Peyton, my son, it's kind of a hard thing because his family is so resistant on, on us rekindling our relationship and everything. So sometimes I I get really upset and I'm like, man, if I quit boxing, would that make it better? Would they find another excuse to, to hold him from me and kind of use that against me? Like, do I just need to quit? Would I be a better mom if I just never traveled and stayed here? And, And my daughter looked at me, I was, you know, I was in tears and, you know, she looked at me and she goes, no, mommy. She said, you love boxing and look how many people you help. And that was that last statement. And I just, I gave her a huge hug and I was like, wow, you know, we went into the gas station. I said, you can pick out anything you want, like go pick something out you want. But she told me that because she sees it, you know, she's gone to Charlotte with me and, and, and see me do some queen supporting queen events where we help, you know, girls go through like, uh, you know, self-esteem issues or sex trafficking issues. She's been with me with me at the gym and she can hold pads. Like she can do it herself. She can hold pads and coach people. And she's very motivating in the fact, you know, you got this, keep going. Um, so she sees that and witness that. And, and it's just a really great feeling to let, you know, let her know, like, let me know that it's okay to be doing what I'm doing right now, which is reaching and, and hopefully motivating and influence influencing people that I don't even know that I'm influencing yet. And, um, absolutely. I think that that energy, it's kind of like, if you have something like that, it, it would be, you know, it would really be an injustice to, to sit at home and, and, and not spread that light and not share it with the world when you know you can make that impact. Um, so anyways, that's, that's my role, you know, <laughs> moving forward as, as a mother, you know, they're both, 
again, if you ask either one of them and pull me, you know, you put me in a different room. If you said, Hey, do you love your mom? They would say, yes. They would say, do do you think your mom loves you? And they would say, absolutely. And they would say, are you proud of your mom? And they would say, yeah. And so basically with those three questions and those three answers, you know, I I feel like everything I do in my life is justified. And then I know that, you know, even when it's rocky and it's bad, you know, I hang on for them because again, as bad as it is right now, doesn't mean like it will be that way forever. Right. Right. Well, that is amazing. I love that. So this is, this is what the show is about too, is like, um, what are we teaching our kids, you know, and what is the value of sports? And I hate to hear that the lens through which they're looking at what you do is, it's not the right lens. So I hate to hear that for you, but I love to see you stepping forward and I love to see you affirming yourself as a mother. And I love to see um, you acknowledging, you know, when your daughter says the things that she says to you, this is because you've planted a seed, right? She's mirroring your behavior. And that is the most rewarding thing as a mom myself that I see over and over with my kids, for sure. so then it brings up another point for me. Um, again, we talk a lot about a lot on this program about, you know, sports are awesome. Sports are great. Competition is amazing and it's fun. Um, but how do we not allow the trophy or the belt to define us? How do we define our self-worth from internally as opposed to externally? And so my question to you is, you know, when you don't want to fight, like what is the conversation that you have with yourself in order to stay in that, that you know, that high vibration space that's going to allow you to go into your next fight and kick ass? Yeah, you know, honestly, that that's a really great question. And um, I can definitely give you a very thorough answer on it. It, it. it wasn't always like that. When I lost, I would be really heartbroken and really upset about it. You know, it, it would take me a, a little bit. But the shift in that energy and changing is actually, I saw this other girl um, who was a boxer and she lost her fight. And um, she lost, but she was so like, humble about it and she was talking and it was like you know it wasn't like she was holding her head down and I remember just looking at her and kind of observing her like a wallflower and I was like I want to be like that person like I why you know it's a choice like we all have a choice like whether I win or lose that fight I can choose to be sad and hang my head or it's a lot easier and a lot more happier and better situation if I'm like well you know what I learned from it. It is what it is. I'll do better next time. Now I know what I need to work on in the gym. You know, I'm going to work on this, but I might as well enjoy the moment, enjoy the people that are out here to see me and and find a positive. So it was actually observing another female boxer do that, that pushed me to say, you know what? I want to be like that girl. Like I want to be her win or lose. And that forever changed me. And and so the next fight I, I fought in Texas in Dallas, Texas against a girl who lived in Dallas, Texas. And I definitely felt like I beat her, but I lost and it was like highway robbery. But I went around there after with my coach. Um, and we had the greatest time and people came up and they're like, wow, you're such a pit bull and you got robbed. And I just, I just laughed it off. And I was like, yeah, you know, Texas, you know, what can you do? And it was, 
I think people were blown away by it and they loved it. And they, and I got so many fans that way. And so many great people that were inspired by me, like just basically losing. And, and it really, it wasn't even something that I did on my own. It was on my journey. And that's why it's very important. You never know who's watching. You never know who's going to mimic your behavior, but it was a girl that I actually mimicked. And the fact that I saw what she did and I thought that it was inspiring and motivating for me to be the same way. So that's how I look at it now. You know, obviously it, it sucks to lose, but, um, you know, I'm, I'm here to do what I love. I'm getting paid. Um, you know, I'm surrounded by good people. There's a lot of good things to look at it. If you really dig deep on whatever the situation is, you know, they say there's never a loss. It's a lesson. And, and you're, yeah, I love it. so yeah. So, you know, and I even said in the press conference for my last fight, it's like, I ultimately in fighting and boxing and in life, it's like I failed my way to greatness because I have failed so many times and failed in certain areas that yeah. it made me learn and made me great. So now, you know, I feel like hopefully I got all the, the losing aspects out. Um, so I, I hope to never lose again. But if I do, I know how to handle it. Yeah, I love that. So you failed forward. Failed. Right, forward. Exactly. I love that. OK, so. And your interview with Dan, one of your interviews with Dan, you were talking about before you went out into the ring that you you take time and you really tap into that feeling like that 100 percent decisive feeling that there is nothing. There's no other option here but to win and to like really feel like the winner. And I love this because it reminds me of the law of attraction. You know about the law of attraction. OK. Oh, yeah. Okay. I figured I had the way you speak, you have to know about all that. And so it like draws unto like, right? And so many people believe that you've got to get the thing to, uh, you know, achieve the feeling when in reality, you really have to tap into the feeling to draw the circumstance in, right? So I love to hear about what you do before you get into the ring. Is there anything else in particular that you do? Like any specific practice that you have that's specific to Britain before you go out there in a match? Um, well, you know, I, I listen, I think about kind of like when, when I think about it, I reflect on my why and why um, I'm doing it. Mm -hmm. And um, I listened to that speech and I think about it. Oh, I lost her. No. There she is. She's coming back, yo. Hang with us. All right. Technical difficulties. Here she is. Yeah, You're sorry, back. I don't know what that You're was back. about. They were like, man, this why is too great. It just blows out all the <laughs> But So yeah, powerful. We have a snowstorm here, so that might have been kind of what it was. But anyways, I listened to my why, but um, my coach kind of helped me discover that too. You know, he said, if you know you had a couple wishes, what would you wish? And um you know, one of them was, I wish that my, my two children would never have emotional suffering or experience pain. Like that would be one of my wishes. 
which I think is a great wish. But he looked at me and he goes, why would you just wish for your two children? Why wouldn't you wish for every child? And I was like, wow, like that was like deep and a good learning experience for me. Like, why wouldn't I wish that? Like, that is so much better of a wish than just my two children. Why wouldn't it be every children? So when I think about my why, it's like, it's so great because I think about everybody out there that is struggling or, or emotionally suffering or doesn't think like they can pull through. And I think about it and I'm like, what example would I be setting if I don't do this the right way? And the right way is going in there confident, prepared, um, self-believing, no doubt, no fear, you know, all the things that sports teach you, leadership, communication, you know, all that stuff. If I don't do all those things, then what representation am I to other people to to do and and to, you know, for my own children, if I would want that for my children, if I can't do it myself, why would they listen to me? So I think about that and I really take it to heart. And that's why I say about the feeling, you know, I know that I'm a feeling to people because I get it all the time when, you know, I get this mom that says, Hey, I'm a single mom of five kids and you motivate me. This guy that says he's 330 pounds, but I motivate him. Now he's lost 50 pounds and he's going to keep going. You know, someone who wrote me a song about, you know, never giving up and enduring pain. And I'm like, wow, all these different people from different places are motivated in a different way. It goes back to that saying, you never know who's watching and whose life you can touch. And and it's not even that they're like, oh, I want to be a fighter just like you. It's just the fact of not giving up and not settling and not saying, oh, well, I'm a mom, I can't do this, or I'm a, you know, this, and I can't do that. Like, you can do whatever you want to do, and what you choose to do to make you happy, you just have to follow, you know, your heart, and and do the right thing, and make good choices, and and really stick with it, and be consistent, and I I think that, you know, again, I've really strived to be that, that person, and that feeling to other people because they're that feeling to me, you know, when right. I feel like I'm lost and abandoned and I'm not purposeful in the world, when they give me the feeling that I'm, I belong, it, it's like an energy that feeds an energy that gives back. And it's just a, it's a beautiful thing. I love it. We're all connected, aren't we? We're all connected. It's that beautiful ripple effect that we don't even know that we're causing to people that we don't even know. It's just so, so beautiful. Uh-huh. Um, so you said something else too that I really loved. Um, you said in this interview with Dan, you said, um, Britain, you asked for this. Don't you mm-hmm. dare let your nerves get in the way of what you asked for. I love that so much. And for me, like this podcast, I asked for this, but I got nervous as hell the first couple of times I did it. And I said to myself, you asked for this. Right. (laughs) I want this, but I want this, but at some point you've got to throw that, butt out the effing door and just step through your fear. Right. Yeah, definitely. With the word, you know, I've been really good about like trying to, to, um, use the words better. And I read this awesome book called the four agreements. It really did help change my life and how I, I think about using words and everything. And it's like, when you say, but it's like, it cancels out everything that you said in front of it. So no matter what you said, 
as soon as you say but it just cancels and deletes all of that so when you kind of think that and take that way of thinking and then you say but and then you're like wow i just undid everything i just said so it kind of is going into it and just saying you know screw it i asked for this this is what i got to do and i got to overcome it and that's what i'm doing there's nothing else to it um so it definitely is one of those things that you see a lot of people struggle with like you know, they want a promotion or they want to sell something and give a sales pitch and then they get nervous and clam up and don't say what they want to say. You know, you want to ask that, you know, pretty girl or cute boy out on a date, but then you kind of, you know, don't. But it's like, would you want that, though? And if you want something, why wouldn't you go and get it and do it and say it? And it's kind of like that no fear attitude um, that you just got to really, you know, overcome and it's so freeing when you do it's like one of those things after you did it you're like i'm so glad i did that that's awesome okay i have one last question for you so tell me about um i i'm just so impressed with the fact that you know you think of like the fight or flight response okay when you're in a situation where you think you're gonna get in a fight you've got to protect yourself like our body says get the hell out of there run away right you can't really think you can't think it's like all emotion so tell me how have you trained yourself like what are you thinking inside of the match like what is going through your mind because i think of like i've been in one fight i was young shouldn't have happened and i just blacked out i was just trying to protect myself but to get yourself to a space where you can actually function and think about what your next move is going to be. I'm just so intrigued by that. Right. Yeah. Um, so the 15, I have 15 professional fights. So outside of my professional fights, I'm definitely an emotional, you know, fighter and like how you said, kind of that blackout thing. So that's outside the ring, but the 15 professional fights I had, there was only one fight that I really felt like I had that, like, killer instinct and that like that that blackout kind of mode only one fight the other 14 fights honestly the way I looked at it and remember feeling it was kind of like a chess match like I was very I remember being very alert and calculated and I remember thinking like all it was like I was a computer you know it was like okay she does this they do this when they do that I need to go to the body I need to step around I need to like it was like I was having this checklist of everything I needed to do in the ring and sometimes that's kind of what I said when I lost a couple of my fights I'd be like man I overthink that if I just went in there and did it you know instinctively I would have probably done a lot better but I, I was overthinking some things so I'm very chess matchy when I go into a to a fight um I think that kind of comes from the athlete in me, you know, and again, you know, being a problem solver and thinker, you know, and analyzer, you know, that all comes into play too. But I get really happy on analyzing something and beating somebody more strategically than brawling. But of course, as you see, when we get in close, then that natural instinct and the natural fighter just clicks on and then I do my thing. But, you know, for the most part, it's me being, you know, I try to focus and I, I try to really hyperthink um, with the fight, which, you know, now with the experience, it seems to have done me a lot of good. But it's also, you know, I feel like it's lost me a couple of fights too by uh, overthinking. But that's how I feel when I'm in there. 
That's amazing. Wow. Well, um, I want to say thank you so, so much for joining me. I want you to know that I think you are absolutely amazing. You're a phenomenal role model. I think you are a trailblazer. You are breaking barriers and shifting paradigms for, for women all over the place. And I am a huge advocate of that. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And now what shout outs do you have? Anything you want to share? It's all you now you have the floor and I hope to have you back again. Yeah, absolutely. I know you said I, we could definitely talk so much about this. I mean, I have so many great, amazing stories on just in the fight world and people that have touched my life and, and the people that um, I've touched. But basically, I just want to say, since, you, you know, you brought it up, supporting women and being a role model to women and being that we're both um, two powerful women that motivate. It, it's kind of one of those things that comes full circle. So, again, when I was kind of struggling, I had this group down in um, Charlotte, North Carolina, called the Women of the Carolina Fight Life. And they actually helped me big time get back on my feet. They helped me with a fight. They they coached and cornered me. Um they invited me to all their events. They helped raise money for me when I needed it. And they really just became a family and an advocate on queens supporting queens. So I just kind of want to give them the special shout out for tonight um, that because of what they did to me, because they, they put their light and they're, you know, supporting me as a female. And because they gave me that, you know, it really helped me want to give it and and do it to other females too. So, you know, it's kind of one of those things, if you pay it forward, that's the greatest gift. And, and I know for them, it means the world to them. And that's all they wanted. You know, they never want money from me or me to do anything. They, you know, there's been so many times I've offered them, I'd be like, here, here's money and they won't take it. And, you know, it just means the world to me. And I know the greatest gift for that kind of, you know, for, for people like that and us and for you, you know, the greatest gift is to take something that they taught you and gave you in a lesson and, and apply it to other people. So anyways, um, big shout out to them for, for making me the woman I am today and absolutely queens. So that's a great hashtag. Follow them um, to get some more motivation, especially if you're a female. But uh, yeah, you know, definitely. And just to everybody out there that believes in me and believes in themselves, you know, just I want to say it, it's it's definitely for you and you guys are my why. Awesome. Thank you for joining us. I hope you have an amazing night. Stay warm. Yes, definitely. Stay warm uh, and let's do this again. All right. I look forward to it, Monica. Thank you so much. And I'll definitely follow and be a big, huge fan of your podcast coming up. Too. Oh, thank you so much. Bye, Britain. Bye. Ooh, that was amazing. Oh, my gosh. Well, let's end on that note. That was a great note to end on. I hope you guys have an amazing night. Thank you so much for joining me. I appreciate you sharing this time and space with me. I love you guys dearly. Remember, you have something unique, specific, amazing to offer the world. So share it. Please, please share it because only you have your unique frequency. No one else has what you have to offer. I love you guys so much. Have an amazing night. I'll see you next week. Bye-bye.